There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. One. One, one, one. Let me just say this. Unity is not the goal. Okay? Unity is not the goal. The Lord's the goal. The Lord's presence is the goal. Unity is a byproduct of that goal. But you can't have the Lord's presence without unity. We can't create unity. We, we have no way of developing unity. All we can do is make a place for unity. We make a place for unity by doing exactly what Paul just said right there, is bearing with one another. We make a place for unity by doing what Jesus said. If a person sins against you, you forgive him or her. And you do it as many times as you have to do it. If he does it seven times, you do it seven times in one day. You forgive over and over and over uh, to keep the unity of the Spirit. The unity of the Spirit. You see, the Spirit becomes what can become divided in our midst. In other words, what it means is this. is If the Spirit has no unity, if He can't, can't find a place where He can move in oneness with, with the people of God, then He doesn't move. He just can't do it. So you don't experience the presence of God. You don't experience the life of God. And, and it's not because God does not want you to experience that. It's because of divisions. All right, and the last scripture I'm going to read to you, and then I want to do something else. This is in John 17. And this is the, the most potent of all of the scriptures when it talks about uh, Christian unity in the Bible, I believe, because this is, uh, you know, John 17 is what the Bible calls or what it really is the Lord's Prayer versus the other one that we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the, other, the other one we call the Lord's Prayer really should be called the Disciples' Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's really our prayer that Jesus taught us. We, we call it the Lord's Prayer. That's okay. That's, we don't want to be confusing here, but the reality is this is really the Lord's Prayer. This was his last prayer for, for his people before he died. He was praying for the... For the uh, he, pray, he starts out in John 7, he prays for himself first. Then he prays for the disciples that were with him then. Then he switches gears at the end because he knew there was going to, we were going to show up one day on the face of the earth. And we were going to be sitting here in the year 2001 needing the Lord's help, okay? Needing His prayers for us. So he, he looked down through time and space and saw us this morning when He was standing on this earth. He saw me and you, saw us in this room this morning along with the, all the other believers in the world. And when He saw us, this prayer rose up in Jesus' heart, okay? When He laid eyes on you this morning, this prayer rose up in His heart. As he had been, as he had prayed for himself, he's standing there looking at his, his closest associates, you know, Peter, James, and John. Prayed for them, had a real heart for them, really loved them. And then he saw me and you. This is what he. Then this is what he prayed. He says, uh, in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Well, we certainly. That's what we've done. We've read the scripture, we've heard the, the word preached, and we've believed it. Then he says that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That sometimes can get kind of confusing the way they, he says that, but it's, that's okay. That they also may be one in us. 
that the world may believe that you sent me. See, that's pretty evangel pretty evangelistic prayer. I mean, not only does unity between the brethren or disunity between brother keep us from experiencing the, the presence of God, it also keeps us from being able to deliver the message of hope and, and the gospel message to the world. Uh, you know, because a person, a lost person, could walk into a group of believers that were all mad at each other and upset, and they were thinking, uh, if this is Christian, this is supposed to be the good news, and you guys can't even get along with each other, and you're mad about some stuff that really doesn't matter. It doesn't seem right. Then he says, uh, <clears throat> that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Revelation of God's love. And there's a unity. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Um, Colossians 3, verse 1 through 3, You are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's, what this, that's where we really are. We, we really are there. Uh, our physical body is not, but our spirit is with Jesus. Even though our spirit's here, Jesus is with us. Jesus can be everywhere at one time. And if we could figure out how he did that, that would be interesting. He says, uh, For you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will, and will declare, and will continue to declare, that the love which you, with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. In other words, Jesus prayed that the love that the Father has for Christ, that's his last parting statement, that the love that, fought, that the Father God had for Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, that we would love Jesus Christ like that. You got that? That's powerful love. I mean, that's the most powerful love on the face of the earth. There's no other love like that. It's, it's mind-boggling. That's what Jesus prayed, is that we would love Jesus. He prayed that we would love Him. Lord, please let Andy and Kelly and Jim and Lori and so on and so on love me like you love me. And God gave everything to Christ. He gave, gave it all to Christ. He invested everything that he had in Christ. Christ was God's ultimate. Jesus Christ was God's ultimate. There's nothing more important than Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you this morning. There's nothing more than him, more important than him. There's nothing more important as Christians for us to experience the love of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important in our life than Jesus. It's more important than your job. It's more important than your little, that little baby that you have in your arms. Jesus is so much more important than that little baby, as hard as that seems to be, and how much you love that little baby. He's so much more important than your spouse that you love. Uh, anything that you love and care about this morning, keep on loving it, unless Jesus tells you to quit loving it. But he's so much more important and that's why I said unity is not, not what we want to go after. But what we do want to go after is that Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That Jesus is the most important. What goes wrong with churches? 
What goes wrong with us? We take Jesus off the throne. Jesus is no longer the center. And guess what happens when we do that? Well, the music's too loud. Well, I didn't like how you did that. Well, I wish Doug would stop singing like that. I wish that pastor wouldn't take up special offerings. Pastor, you know what that person said to me? You know how they, how bad they treated me? That's human beings. That's us. Okay? That is us when Jesus Christ is not on the throne. And a church goes down the tubes because we have fallen into something below Jesus Christ. We've quit loving Jesus Christ. And therefore, we can't forgive people when they do some stupid thing or say some stupid thing. And so we start harboring bitterness in our heart. And we start cutting ourselves off from each other. And the Bible says something like this. How can, how can you say you love me if you can't even love... How can you say you love me who you can't see and you can't love your brethren who you do see? You see what I'm saying to you? And I think sometimes, listen, we're all guilty of this. There's not a soul in this room that's not guilty. We're all guilty. That's, you see, and God's not saying, oh, you terrible, terrible human beings. You know, <laughs> He said that when He hung on the cross for you. Oh, you terrible, terrible human beings. I'm going to hang up here naked, beat half to death to deliver you from that body of death. I'm going to deliver you from that. I'm going to hang here naked and exposed. And you, of all your insulted feelings, all your hurt feelings, all those things that you feel towards people, uh, I'm going to die for those things. I'm going to die for those things. So that you won't have to live under those things. You hear what I'm saying to you this morning? And the Lord wants us to hear that. He wants to say that to each one of you. Because I believe that we are human beings this morning. And because we are human beings, we, are going, we allow those things to come in our life. And the Lord says it, it doesn't have to be. He's given us the answer. He says you don't have to be that way. In fact, I've told you don't be that way. I've told you to forgive. I've told you to endeavor to have unity. I've told you to let offenses, just let them go. I've told you ahead of time to do that. See, he's already given us instructions. He's already told us you don't have to go through all this stuff, but yet we do. Um, and the Lord wants to deal with that this morning, I believe, in our church. Now, I'm going to ask Larry Faldo, Mr. Faldo, to come up here. Mr. Faldo is the headmaster of Morrisville Christian Academy. and So he had a dream. Larry's real prophetic and has dreams and then he has visions. And he's going to come share... Something I think the reason I share this is what he shared this with me on this morning. And I want him to share this for us to hear. Oh, thank you, Byron. Oh, a couple of days ago, I had a dream. It was kind of strange and weird. And, uh, it just uh, didn't make any sense to me, so I didn't really pay much attention to it. Well, then this morning, 
I woke up and I knew instantly what the meaning was to that dream. And uh, there was an, a feeling that I had dreamed it again. I wasn't sure whether I had that or not, but it was so real, so profound, and I felt an urgency to get up and get dressed and and then and to go and, and meet with the Lord. And when I did, well, as soon as I got into my study and fell down, my face on the floor, boom, this vision opened up to me. So I'd like to share with you uh, what the dream was. I dreamed I was in this building in the rafters, hanging in the rafters, looking down. And at the lowest point of the building, at the basement, I don't know what it was, but it was the lowest point, there were these hammer-like, mallet-like pieces of wood lined up on the floor in rows with their handles sticking up. And then one of our young teenagers, and I knew the person specifically, came in and lit those on fire. And, and at first I thought, well, good land, what's that person sneaking in here starting a fire for? But as it blazed up, as it blazed up, none of the building was consumed. And it was a good thing. And I didn't understand the dream until this morning. And the Lord told me this is what the meaning was. Revival is coming. This is revival coming. And the building is, is our body. This body of Christ. And those... Those hammer-like, those mallet-like things that were all lined up on the floor were all the petty differences and judgments that we've had against one another. And we've laid them down. They were just laid down so nice and orderly. And then God started moving in our young people. And the fire came through them. And God burned up all those judgments. And this is the vision that I saw. I was on top of this church building. And a fire was coming up through the building. And it was going up through the building and into the, through the roof. And the flames and the smoke was coming up, but nothing was burning up. And as, as I was watching this, I was picked up in the spirit and carried right up with the smoke and the flames. And, and I could see way up and the smoke was, came to the, it, it started spreading out and it was spreading this way and this way and that way and every way. It was going everywhere. And it was, it was the Spirit of God moving from this place, just taking things from this place 
uh, and from that vantage point, I, I could see the parking lot was full of cars. It was packed in here. And there were cars lined up on both shoulders of the driveway going out. And then there was a policeman out there in the highway directing traffic in here. And I was wondering, where in the world is he going to put them? And then I had one more picture. I was in here. And everybody was flat on their faces before the Lord. Just a few people were standing up, but everyone was down like cordwood. Because of the presence of God. Yeah. I think the date I'll say. I'll say it to them. Then the Lord gave me a date. And I'm not a date person. But as I was contemplating this, November 22nd came to my mind. The Lord told me that something very significant was going to happen here, November 22nd of this year. Now, that's only a month away. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's, it's going to be a significant time, a significant date. And that's on Thanksgiving. I didn't even know it when, when, when the Lord told me this. But there are going to be some mighty things God is going to do here. And uh, that's, that's what I got. Thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> yeah, it's worth a clap. Now, the key, I think, is uh, those mallets that he saw lined up there that people were willing to lay down their petty differences. Let me just tell you something. I want to emphasize that word, petty. We've got some petty differences in this room this morning between people. And the Lord's saying they're petty. They're petty. Wood, hay, and stubble. And he wants to, uh, for us to lay those petty differences down. And I just want to give people an opportunity to respond to the Lord this morning. If you have petty differences, to respond and come and lay them down um, so the Lord can burn them up and so the Lord's presence can come in our church in a way that we really long for and live for. Um, That's, you know, the goal is... It's the Lord. It's, it's the Lord Jesus. That's the goal. And we want Him more than we want. And we'd like to be able to not have things that would hinder us from having the Lord. So I want to ask you right now to come up if you have petty differences between yourself and others. And come and lay them down. Let go of them this morning. So would you do that right now, those of you who have petty differences? Anybody you haven't forgiven?
anybody feel like has wronged you? One of the ways to tell that you have a petty difference is, is the whine that's in your heart about things. It's a good way to tell. The criticism in your heart about other people and about other things. That's the way to tell if you have petty differences. Another way to tell is just the flat conviction of the Holy Spirit. God's talking to you and saying you need to repent. Just want to just keep coming. Because, see, I know about some of you. You're sitting there. You're not coming, but you should because you have them. Because you've even told me about some of them. And, um, and you've complained to me about stuff and that you really shouldn't have been complaining about. You should have been interceding about. But the Lord wants to set you free again. We're human beings. People. People do bad things left to themselves without the Lord being on the throne of our life. We're going to do some dumb things.
Lord, we want to be a church where you are on the throne, that you're the focus. That's, that's what we want, Lord. Because we want to be a place where you feel like you can dwell and walk amongst us, Lord. Lord, as we just come this morning and humble ourselves to you, acknowledge, Lord, our difficulties that we go through, Lord, and acknowledge our sins that we commit. But we want to lay down those differences, Lord, this morning. Just set them down. Just want to live. I think it was significant in a dream. It was in a basement where those things were. Those mallets, those petty differences. See, you have to humble yourself. You have to go low to be able to let go of those things. It takes humility. It really does. Lord, I thank you for these people that are up here, Lord, that are willing to come and humble themselves and publicly allow others to gaze upon them, and gaze upon their nakedness, and gaze upon their their sins and their faults, Father. Uh, and Lord, even as they go down into that basement and go low, Lord, I just pray you would reveal yourself to each one of them, Lord, because that's where you are, Lord. Really, you're in the basement, Lord. That's where you live at, Lord, as you live down in a low place. And that's where you meet us at. So, Father, I just pray for every person that's up here right now in Jesus' name that they could leave their differences at the altar. They could leave these things in the, in the, in the basement, Lord. And they could walk out of here today free. And they could walk out of here in that sense. They felt like they had done what you had asked them to do. And, Lord, I pray that the ones that are up here, Lord, you mark them, God. Mark them, and when the revival comes, I pray that they'd be standouts. I pray each one of them would be standouts when the revival comes. That you would use them to heal the sick. I pray you would use them to bring, to save lost souls. I pray you would use them in such a mighty way, Lord. I think about Peter this morning, the most least likely person. Yet, Lord, you used him in such a powerful way, Lord. And I just want to release that, Lord, Lord, to these folks that are up here right now, that you would use them, Lord God. You would remember them like you remembered Peter, Lord, and remembered his failures and his sins and all those things. Yet, when the Holy Spirit came, Lord, the anointing came on him that was unbelievable. And I'm asking you to put an anointing on each one of these, Lord, that are up here, Lord each one of them, Lord, that they would, anointing would come on them that would be prevalent, Lord, and would be outstanding and excellent, Lord, and that they would be used in your revival, that you're going to bring, God, that you are going to bring a revival, God. You're going to bring it. Regardless of what people say, what people feel, Lord, you are going to move in this earth in a way that's going to be unprecedented in our generation. And I just thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I bless you this morning. And I ask you, Lord, to to open the rest of the folks' eyes in here that are really don't see don't see it this morning, Lord, or are too scared to see it. But you would open their eyes to see, God, that you have something. You have something for them and you want to release it. And their act of humility and confession would release it, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Don Casper shared with me this morning that over in Pakistan, some guys on a motorcycle, I guess they were radical Islamic people who rode into a church where Christians were at and killed 16 people worshiping God. And <clears throat> we just want to be careful to remember those folks this morning, Lord, that died uh, as they worshiped you, Lord, and the attack that's coming against Christianity, Lord, in the earth through this Islamic spirit. Uh, Lord, I believe the Scripture promises that the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard. And Lord, nothing can stand against the power of God. And Lord, I, I pray that you, know, you would bring the power of God into this church. I pray you'd bring the power of God into Morseville, Lord. An incredible move of God. To show the world, Lord, that you are more powerful than any spirit, Lord. And Lord, you have taken note of those folks who died this morning or over in Pakistan, those Christians. And Lord, they're with you now. And Lord, I pray our hearts would not be indifferent, Lord. God, remove the indifference that tends to rest on us, Lord Jesus. Remove the indifference that's on your people, Lord Jesus. That there would be repentance, Lord. So that times of refreshment from the presence of the Lord would come. Thank you, Lord Jesus.